And we're back. And so does Lois. She comes home and Peter is super fucking fat. He's like 100 pounds bigger. Uh, she's like, dude, it's been 14. She's like, it's been two weeks. And Brian's like, no, no, no. It's been 13 days. He knows because he pulled the, the newspaper out of Peter's fat. Um, he's like, ah, I need to get out of here. Let's go, Brian. Let's go for a walk. So what happens is Brian goes, gets a forklift, comes back and Peter's kind of tips himself over onto it and they go out, uh, breaking the door jam, fucking assholes. Um, but Meg comes in and she, guess what? She's super unpopular. Uh, for some reason at the school, the principal was, uh, like who's going to spring break and everyone, including the janitor, uh, went to one side of the gym and she stayed on one side because she's not going to spring break and she's a fucking loser for that. A fucking loser. Lois decides that she's going to try and cheer Meg up by taking her to a spa and uh, Meg's like, well, it couldn't be worse than that time that we, we all went to, to SeaWorld and uh, this is the second SeaWorld joke. So I hope the first, and then the first one, Peter's like, uh, I'm going to tell you why I can't go back to SeaWorld. So uh, this must have been canonically before that, obviously, because cartoons uh, have to make time time sense. Um, but uh, the orca comes up and licks Lois, and Peter punches it. And he's like, how long has this been going on? And I think that uh, she's just lucky it didn't like bite her fucking face off. Those things are fucking vicious. Um I saw a video actually this week of one like racing a boat and it was so fucking fast. It's gotta be like one of the worst things to chase you in the ocean. Like just as fucking scary as a shark. Totally. Right. Um, but Peter punches this whale out. So that's pretty funny. Cause I, as much as I like whales and don't get me wrong, I like whales. Whales are like really cool. <laughs> They're one of my favorite animals, but Peter punching out a whale is really funny. Um, but we see Peter on the docks and he's watching all the fishermen. He's like, ah, look at these, look at these. These are real New Englanders, you know, making their living on the, on the oceans, catching their, catching their, catching their catch and selling it and making money. That's, that's what a real New Englander does. And he decides that he's going to be a fisherman from now on. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's. It's a really good, actually the best way to go for Peter. Um, this is like my favorite job that he has when he's a fisherman because two reasons. One, it's just interesting and it is a really New England thing. Um, so it kind of like fits. But also it's like one of those things where he could be having like a bad season and it could put the family into like money troubles, which could make them have to do like, you know, something wacky to get money. So it's also a story starter. But it was one of my favorite jobs that he ever had. Um, but he ends up losing that job and he, or I don't remember why he, at the moment, I can't remember why he stopped being a fisherman. Uh, from there, uh, but after he decides to be a fisherman, Tom Tucker and his son Jake, upside down face boy, um, come up and do a sick fucking burn on Peter. And it's super fucking funny. What's that, daddy? Well, that's Mercury, Jake, the planet closest to the sun. What is doing down here by the wharf? I haven't the foggiest, but we should probably ask a scientist. I'm a guy, you jackass! Um, actually, I have it in my notes as, um, uh, Tom and his family come up and clown on fucking Peter, and it's so fucking funny. Um, but we cut from there to the front lawn. The family is cleaning Peter, um, and I mean that very literally. He's in a baby pool. And uh, the family has brushes in there and they're hosing him down and, and cleaning him everywhere. And um, Lois is telling Chris, you know, not to miss the spot. And then we see Stewie coming out from underneath and uh, he's uh, he, he gives Lois a status report. Chris, don't forget to mist under his chins. Uh, oh, oh, boy, Lois, it's a real mess down there. I I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do this in the time I quoted you earlier. Hello, Doreen. Yeah, uh, I'm still over at the Griffin job. Um, listen, tell Walter I'm not going to be able to make it to the construction site. So, um, I don't know, have him send Frank or Glenn or Halep Steve. I know, it creeps me out, too. And it's really cute. And we find out later that he gets hired to clean up Peter's boat. Um, which, spoiler alert, Peter gets, by the way. 
Um, but so I guess for some reason the family is like hiring Stewie's company, but like because it's like Stewie's company, I assume because Stewie like works there and they're like trying to give him business. I don't know. But, um, those, it's just really funny. Um, these are the, the Stewie working for the cleaning company. I don't know why that always stuck with me as a really, really funny joke, but it is. Um, from there, Peter goes with his boys, the crew, the squad, uh, to, <laughs> I'm sorry. He goes with the boys, uh, to a police auction. Uh, I'm assuming at Joe's behest um to get a cheap boat uh and this is totally true you can go to a police auction get hella cheap shit um you should totally uh totally go uh, a couple of things that we noticed in the background we noticed a necklace uh it was like a heart so it could be like a specific necklace there was a sweet pimp car and then there was a um there was a there's a piano with a candelabra on it uh, I'm assuming that it was taken, uh, from the same guy who had the pimp car. Um, but so the auction goes on, there's a pair of panties up for, for bid and Quagmire bids on those. He bids $50 and then he finds out that she had nine STDs. So he bids down to about 45 and then he the, the auctioneer says, well, and then she soiled herself when we arrested her and he's like, all right, 50 bucks. And um, then the next thing that's up for bid is uh, the uh, auctioneer uh, directs everyone's attention to a uh, painting of a boat. And so people start bidding on it, 10,000, 15,000. Peter's trying to get this uh, boat. And a guy bids 25,000. Peter looks worried. And uh, the auctioneer says, sold. And the guy comes up, has the picture. He's like, thanks. And then he says, and then the auctioneer says, and now direct your attention to the actual boat uh, and it's to his left and we pay it over and it's there. Peter immediately bids 50 grand and gets it, which is really fucking stupid, but whatever. Um, he bids 50 grand, which defeats the purpose of going to the police auction. Um, but then that is where uh, it really doesn't matter. I don't fucking care. All I care about is that this is the moment where we meet one of my, for some reason, favorite characters. He becomes kind of a really sympathetic character in later seasons, and he's just funny, and he's just got funny jokes. Uh, this is where we first meet Seamus for the first time. Congratulations. You just bought yourself a cursed boat. Cursed? The last captain of that vessel lost his life, and it weren't no accident. His name was Salty, and he was devoured by Daggermouth, the man-eating bluefish. You want to buy that boat? Go ahead, take it. But don't expect me to fish your dead body from an angry sea that gave you fair warning. Yep, uh, he's super funny, and he's gonna end up. Uh, he's got four peg. He's got two peg arms and a peg leg, and, a, and he's missing an eye. Uh, and uh, he's just so funny. And um, we cut from there to uh, Meg and Lois hopping in the car. Uh, they're heading out to the spa. Peter's like, see you later. And she's like, not if I choke myself on seaweed and die. And Peter's like, ooh, you're dark. And um, so they leave. Uh, Meg just isn't looking forward to it. Um, but I can understand, you know, why she's disappointed. I can understand. Lois is, is didn't have to take her to the spa. To, the spa I'm just, that's also another thing that I'm saying. Um, but Peter... As he's waving, he tells Brian, like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, um, we'll, we'll be able to pay those 50 grand off. I'm sure there's a bank out there who will give me a loan. And um, we smash cut from there to Peter saying to a guy at a place literally that has um, quotation marks around the word bank on the sign outside that literally just says bank. And... Um, the guy's like, the difference between us and other banks is that other banks are banks. Now, do you have any collateral? He's like, well, I got three kids. And he's like, well, I'll take them. I'm just kidding. Or maybe I'm not. Here, sign this. And he's, Peter signs it. And uh, he hands him a fucking grocery sack full of money. He's like, good luck. And uh, Peter walks away. And then the guy turns around, goes through the door. And he, he takes out, uh, he takes off his... Um, uh, he takes out of his um, 
hair tie and does a little ponytail or whatever. And then he uh, takes his shirt off and he's got a vest. He's like, now what would you like on your under, uh, your upper thigh? And he's talking to the biker laying on the tattoo, uh, laying on the little like thing, uh, like the little bed or whatever. And he's like a tattoo artist. And he's like, I want a skull. And he's like, well, I can draw Kermit the Frog. So I'm going to draw Kermit the Frog. He's like, no, I want a skull. Oh, I'm going to draw Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and it's really funny. My man, my wife laughed super fucking uh, hard. Um, from there, we see Meg and Lois chilling at the spa. They're in a mud bath. Um, Meg is just still fucking moping around. So Lois is like, all right, well, why don't we watch some TV? Hey, this is VH1, and we're rocking at spring break. Leaving thousands injured. For CNN, I'm Bernard Shaw. Keeping it real and kicking ass at spring break! <laughs> Peter, uh, we cut from there to Peter christening his boat. He has decided to call it uh, the more powerful than Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and the Incredible Hulk, which is pretty fucking powerful, uh, I would say. Um, still not as powerful as Goku. Uh, just to, to, I just want to put that out there. That's the thing about Goku being able to beat the shit out of Superman. It's totally true. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really 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 funny uh name for a boat and um everyone is there to to congratulate him all the all of the guys and then another fisherman comes up he says my name's hennessy and he gives him a, a card with some some coordinates on he's like this is where the best fisherman fishing is you know welcome to the waff is what he says he says welcome to the waff and um uh, Peter's like, all right, see you, boys. I gotta go f- catch some fish, and so he heads out, and uh, he's 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 looking down at his uh, he's looking down at his, <laughs> he's looking down at the the card that Hedisey gave him. He's like, all right, I'm 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 at the coordinates, and then he looks up, and he's had a fucking bar mitzvah. He's crashed through the wall, and a kid goes, "Father, he's killed Mordecai, the dancing Yiddish clown." And this dad slaps him upside the head, and he's like. Quiet, you just became a man, now act like one. And uh, it's super fucking funny. And I don't know why, but for some reason that that really, really cracks me up. Um, from there we cut to we cut to Peter um like uh, confronting Hennessy. He's like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, I don't like your face and I don't like you. You know, we got too many fishermen here. Get the fuck out of here. And um, Peter's like, well, fuck you. You just made a fucking enemy. Uh, and he's like, and you don't want me as an enemy. And uh, then we cut over to uh, the hair the hair lip resolution from earlier. We see Stewie with hair lip Steve uh, getting the, the clown off of Peter's boat, uh, Peter's once again hired his his son to clean up uh, something. He's like, uh, "Steve, have you have you ever thought about growing a mustache?" Um, which I guess is the um, remedy for that. My wife is mad as fuck when she heard that part. She's like, "Oh, that's fucked up." I was like, "Yeah, I guess that's fucked up." I don't, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention, but you know, she was like, "Oh, that's fucked up." I was like, "Yeah, sure," um, but. Um, yeah, so then, but it's, it's just weird that Pete, that Stewie works for a company that they keep hiring, like, specifically, he's like, I'm at the Griffin job earlier, and he's, so it's like, specifically, like, they're, like, hiring his company, and I guess that's nice that Stewie can get them a lot of business through his family, but it's just weird that they're hiring their own baby. All right, roll a Jack Charity check. Um, which one's that? Uh, roll a roll a G twenty for me. Okay. Um, here we go. All right, nat twenty, baby. All right, tell us what happens. All right, I run up a wall and I flip off and I do a sweet fucking three sixty spin and I land in a fucking rad ass blade pose and then I lift my head up slightly and you can just see my eyes under my hair and I say, man, this fight is more intense than that time we were held up at gunpoint in that old saloon. 
Come on, Spencer, take this seriously. Jesus Christ. N do you not remember that totally happened, remember? Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I, I remember. Okay, take us to Kadoe. Okay, we zoom in slowly on a saloon in, in the town of Old Stump. From there, we see Peter and Hennessy uh, just continuing their feud at the at their fish stalls where they like sell their fish. And uh, Hennessy throws one of Peter's fish away and puts up a different sign that says, "I had sex with all of these fish." And Peter gets a a, a, a new visitor, a new customer, if you will. Wow! So how do you do it? Oh, you're very nice to ask. Well, first I hang the old worm out there. They, they usually go for it. So I jerk them around a little, they fight for a while, and, and then they just lay back and accept it. How about we get together later? Um, okay. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, damn it! Um, and then uh, when Peter gets home, that he sees that the bank has started taking all of his stuff, including his children, uh, uh, out of the house. And we know this because Chris comes out on top of the couch. He's like, oh, yeah, I get to go live at the bank! Uh, which I'm not sure why he's so excited. I didn't like the bank because my mom took forever at the bank and uh, it was boring as fuck and I had to be quiet. No one wants that as a child, right? But so they're getting rid of all of their stuff and then we cut from there to Lois and Meg in the car. They had to leave early because Meg wanted to and uh, she's like, I just want to go home and be in solitary confinement in my room for the last three days like I deserve and she goes to sleep and Lois is like, Okay, and then she sees a sign for spring break, and she's like, mm, I'm going to take Meg to spring break. So she does that, and that's really cool of her. Uh, and Meg's just, she's just being a spoil sport this whole episode, frankly. Um, even though her mom's just trying to, just trying to, uh, you know, have fun. But it's, it's one of those scenes where it's kind of like in Goofy movie, where it's, where it's late at night, and uh, Max is like changing the map or whatever, or and in this case, like Meg is asleep and Lois is like at a fork in the road, and she chooses to go to spring break. So it's just kind of like the Goofy movie, which uh, I only bring up because I just wanted to say that movie fucking rocks. Uh, if you haven't watched it uh, recently, you totally should. I just watched it uh, not too recently. Plus, its sequel, uh, an extremely goofy movie. Both of those movies fucking slap. Um, so definitely give those a, uh, another watch. Um, but Meg wakes up at spring break and, uh, there's just people everywhere just partying their fucking asses off. Uh, some people from her school see her and they're like, look, Meg brought her mom. And, uh, then we see some guys like, Hey, look guys, it's Spuds McKenzie. And that's the dog that used to sell, um, this, uh, one kind of beer. And then Spud McKenzie just fucking attacks the guy, just fucking starts, like, chewing his fucking face off. Um, and then we cut to Peter and uh, uh, Brian uh, at home as every, as the movers are taking all their stuff. And they're talking about Alfonso Ribeiro. And he, he was on Fresh Prince, but he was also on Silver Spoons. And he tells them that because he's one of the movers. But he's also on America's Funniest Home Videos, and he's an awesome host of that. And um, then we see Carson Daly at spring break and with uh, because Peter and Meg are there. They're having fun. And uh, it's the, you know, Carson Daly or whatever. And then he throws it over to Tom Green. And uh, Tom Green was absolutely he he starts sucking on a cow udder in a tutu just for people's attention. He goes like, does anyone like me? Can I stop this yet? Um, when Peter comes home. Uh, from there, uh, Peter comes home from his work and he finds that new people have bought his house. He's like, I still had till tomorrow to, to pay this off. And they're like, well, you're a deadbeat. So they didn't think you were going to be able to pay. So they sold it to us right away. And he's like, I, while I'm offended by what you say, I'll defend your right to say it to the death, sir. And uh, it's just really, really funny. And then um, Stewie sees that they've hung a really famous Van Gogh painting um, of some yellow flowers. My wife is a, like an art history, uh, major and she, uh, I was like, Oh, that's really famous. And I was like, Oh, 
cool. It's yellow flowers and it's pretty. I appreciate art, but I'm not an art history major. But um, she, uh, or, no, she's like, oh, it's a Van Gogh print. And she, he's like, oh, I've always wondered what this place would be like with more class. And we get a cutaway to to all of the Griffin men. Uh, just sitting around there in top hats and tuxedos and everything's fancy. And uh, they're, they're like, oh, the port is delicious, yes. And uh, it, what year is it from, 51? Oh, delightful. And then Peter spontaneously combusts. He's like, oh, I've spontaneously combusted. And they're like, oh, I am sorry. And he's like, no, it's okay. I've grown tired of living. Oh, well, spot on then. Oh, is it raining outside? It's really funny. Um, And then Lois, uh, we see that Lois... We see Meg chilling outside a bar. It's called Hooters and Shooters. And then um, Lois comes out with with Meg's classmates from high school, um, drunk, and uh, she's ditched Meg and is absolutely terrible. Hey, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? I've been waiting out here for hours. What? You were supposed to pop inside real quick and find someone who looked enough like me so I could use their ID. And then you were supposed to come out and give me the ID so I can get inside. Uh, what? God, it's like talking to a three-year-old. Oh, you know what? You need to learn how to loosen up a little, toots. Yeah, I get the feeling you're loose enough for the both of us. What? Nothing. That's right, nothing. Don't you sass me. Um... And then I guess a little bit of a time later, Lois gets sober and she calls the house and she talks to, um, she talks to Chris at first. He's like, Stevenson residence. And she's like, no, no, Chris, it's Griffin's. We've been over this a thousand times. He's like, oh, hi, mom. He gives the phone to Peter and he comes up with a bunch of excuses uh, as to why he's acting uh, completely fucking uh, uh, incredulous. And um, he he ends up having to be like, uh, 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 hang on. And he presses a tape recorder and it says, uh, it's Lois's voice. And he's like, uh, Peter, will you take out the trash? And he's like, okay, Lois, Lois, I got to call you back. And he hangs up the phone. And then he makes Brian uh, whip out his wonder twin ring. <laughs> and he's like, so after he does a form of steam. And then Brian is like, dude, we got these from a thing of Cracker Jacks. Which is funny. Um, the Wonder it's a really funny joke. The Wonder Twins are um they're a funny joke, but they were I actually really liked the um the Justice League cartoon. Because it used to come on Cartoon Network um back when they played like all the seventies and eighties cartoons, because back in the day, like when it first started. Because Cartoon Net okay, if you haven't given the Cartoon Network um Wikipedia page a read, you have gotta do that. Um, but Cartoon Network started in the early nineties and they didn't, you know, have, you know, all these new cartoons that they had. They had some new cartoons, but they mostly played old Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, Tom and Jerry, Scooby-Doo, uh, like literally like, like, um, the rhinoceros, fuck, I can't remember his name or the hippopotamus, but they, they, they played all these old cartoons like the Pink Panther and shit. And, um, and, 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 and one that they played was one that they played was the justice league and they were part of it. Um, and they could, you know, put their rings together and, uh, the guy could become any form of water. And then the girl could become like, uh, I think like any flying animal or something, but it was really weird <laughs> that their powers were really specific and really weird. And they had to like write around how oddly specific they made their powers. Um, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner there. Um, but then we see um, the new family of the Stevensons, and, and Stewie's totally uh, adapting to this new family. He likes them. In fact, they're playing Pictionary, and uh, he's drawing, Stewie's drawing, and he's like, Jackal, Jackal, is it a Jackal? Jackal, it's a Jackal, Jackal, it's a Jackal, right? It's a Jackal, huh? And then the timer goes off. He's like, why would it be a Jackal? If I didn't say it was a Jackal the first time, why did we write the next 15 times? And God, he runt walks away. And uh, that's one of the funniest fucking jokes in this episode. You've got to watch the episode just for it. Please do. I'll wait right now. Okay. Uh, so the guys, um, 
we see the guys at a new bar because Peter's a sailor now, so they hang out at the sailor's bar down on the wharf. And uh, they're talking, man, I need $50,000. And they learn about Daggermouth. Um, and then he's his, if anyone can catch him, he's worth $50,000. And uh, we get a little bit more Seamus here, and he's really funny. But before we hear that, um, uh, Hennessy. Uh, is like, man, you know, I lost my friend Salty uh, to Dagger Mouth, and he's uh, twice the sailor you are, and half the weight, and uh, and then so, uh, and then Seamus is like, if you're wanting to go after Dagger Mouth, this uh, it's a pretty fucking bad idea. I think I might be paraphrasing here. Let me play the clip and find out. Dagger Mouth is the meanest, most ruthless creature that's ever inhabited the sea. Legend has it, he dwells out by Fish Stench Cove. He'll kill any man that comes near there. I saw him once. Sure, I'm blind in one eye, and my other eye was infected that day from picking at it. And I was tired, and I'd been swimming in a pool with too much chlorine. And that was the hour my glasses were at Lens Crafters, but I seen that fish! Okay, yeah, I think I might have been paraphrasing just a little bit. Um... But it's it's a really, really good scene. And then uh, as everyone, as Peter leaves, he's like, you know, this is my destiny. I got to go do this. Oh, and before, when they were trying to come up with ideas, Cleveland's idea was to have a, a bake sale. And Quagmire's like, that was a cute idea. And then Quagmire's like, well, you can whore yourself out to like 50 fat chicks for a thousand bucks. Or a thousand fat chicks for 50 bucks. And then they're like, he's like, hey, you know, fat chicks need love too. But they got to pay. And, uh, but in the end, Peter resolves to kill the fish. He decides to kill Daggermouth. And when he walks away, uh, the, the guys ask Seamus, uh, what happened to him? He's like, were they, were, you know, were you in an accident? He's like, no, me father was a tree. And it's just really fucking funny. Um, and it's, it's actually true. He, he says it again later on in the show. Thank you, me, and welcome to Frickin' Sweet Video Games. Uh, today, like all good things, we are going to start by looking in the mirror, taking a look at ourselves, and starting there and making a change. That being that we're not going to be doing the Family Guy back to the multiverse video game level by level uh, over several weeks. I, I, I honestly just cannot handle that um, because I'm going to be frank with you. This game's not good. Like, if this was a really good video game, I would want to draw it out and, and maybe add some drama to it. And, and But this game isn't... I'm going to be honest with you, it's really not worth it. It's not like... Um, like, it's not like a, a um, Simpsons hit and run, uh, which is one of my favorite video games just overall. And if you haven't, if you don't know, it's like a Grand Theft Auto style video game, but set in the Simpsons universe with all, with uh, the characters and you can pretty much play every character plus Apu and the family. Um, and it's so fun. It's like an open world and it's just, it's a really good game. This is not that. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, we did do the first level of Family Guy back to the multiverse and I did record the second uh, installment of it, but it just, it's so just not good. So I'm just going to do a full review of it. And we're probably going to be changing the dynamic of this and that we're going to be doing just a review of a video game just every once in a while. That's freaking sweet. But because this is the family guy video game for the PS3, which is the system that I have, one of the systems that I have, uh, and the Family Guy game that I can get for it, I decided that this was the one we were going to do. And it is a real, it's, okay. It's, like I said, it's not a good game. I'm not going to give you my, uh, score on it yet until the end, but it's, it, it does have good components. It, the graphics suck. It's really not a pretty game. It's, it's pretty, it's really ugly. Um, and the story is meh at best. The story is that Bertram, Stewie's half-brother from uh, his father's side, 
um, comes from a different multiverse and can't live with the fact that there is a universe that he, that Stewie lives in and defeated him in and, and that Bertram died. Because if you remember in the episode where they go back in time to Leonardo da Vinci, who turns out to be Stewie's ancestor, Stewie kills Bertram in that episode, or Brian does actually. And so he comes back in this multiverse and he's going to enlist a bunch of different multiverses helps. Um, and we go to a, a Christmas, uh, universe, a pirate universe, universe, uh, with nothing but handicapped people, um, Amish universe and, 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 and like, um, what, what's the first level? It's a, uh, all Greek universe or a uh, sorority and um, fraternity universe. But so the levels are actually um, pretty good. This game has potential. It's just they didn't really put in as much as they could. I did like the weapon system kind of. It's kind of like the Deadpool weapon system from the Deadpool video game. That's actually a good game. Um, where that, but, and the weapon system is kind of similar in that you can, um, upgrade the weapons that you do have and you can upgrade and you can get new weapons as you go along. And there are even weapons that like, aren't like that you don't get through the game, but you can get in or extra guns. So the, the, the weapon system for the family guy game is actually pretty good. And you can upgrade the, all the weapons and they can like do more damage and do different things. Like, um, I think one gun can do uh, shocking damage where you shoot one guy and it like ricochets lightning off them onto another, um, uh, enemy. And um, the enemy system in this is actually pretty good. I actually thought the fighting system was, was okay in this um, and the aiming system. And um, so I really like that. I also like the health system for it. The way you upgraded your character was pretty good. That was like the actually like the, the one of the better aspects of it. Um, but the sound was okay. So the sound is like the most hyped up part of the video game that it's, you know, it's supposed to be that the, you have the full cast, which you do. It's, that's that's true. And um, there are just there's the theme song, and there's different versions of the theme song, um, like swing and and the Renaissance Fair one. Um, and then they also have like music, like original music from like people. Um, but honestly, it's like a six and a half to seven at best. It does have the full cast, but the lines start to recycle like pretty quickly on each level. And it, like I said, it's more overhyped than it, than it's actually worth towards the game. So overall, this game has a pretty poor showing. Um, the only thing that makes it, um, even replayable is that the story is probably a five out of 10. It's an okay story at best. And the weapon system and the enemy system is pretty okay. Um, but overall, like I said, uh, pretty, pretty poor showing. We here at Freaking Sweet Video Games give the Family Guy Back to the Multiverse game for the Xbox, PS3, and PC a 3 out of 10. A fucking terrible. Um, but uh, next time we'll be reviewing a... Uh, different game, different system. Uh, gonna be honest with you, it's probably gonna be a game that I've either played in the past, or I can emulate, or I have currently. Um, I did buy this one specifically for this, though, um, because it is, like I said, the only Family Guy game that is. There's another one for PS2, which I'm to understand is either just as good or maybe a little bit less, lesser than this one. So I'm not even like really going out of my way for that, but. Uh, I did go out of my way to get this one, um, and so we could I could do it for the podcast, and I'm totally it's it was it's pretty fun, you know. I played it and uh, I played it all the way through just so I could do this uh, couple minute this few minutes review. But uh, um, like I said, it gets a three out of ten, and uh, it's really not worth it. But if you come across it for like a dollar or two. Maybe pick it up and play it for the four hours that it's worth playing. Um, but I'm going to throw it back to me 
at regular freaking sweet and i'll see you next time on freaking sweet video games um after that peter is at home he's like man i don't know how i can do this i'm I, this is crazy i'm gonna die and stevenson's comfort him and they also give him a raspberry and then he goes to sleep and um um from there we cut to meg and she's at spring break they're at a concert um and lois and convinces her to have some fun and they go on stage and start dancing um everyone starts chanting for lois and then she gets them to start going meg 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 and meg gets really into it she starts dancing around and uh having fun and then she ends up pulling up her shirt and showing her tits to everybody and the cops stop the concert and they're like ah that's enough that's that's uh, the concert's over and some kid from the from guy, some guy from the audience is like, why do you cops always have to harsh our buzz, man? And the cop is like, oh, he used a teenage colloquialism, get the tear gas, which, uh, you know, has shown to be true over the years, absolutely. Um, but uh, from there, we see Peter getting his boat ready, and then the guys come up and like, where do you think you're going, sailor? And then he turns around, they're all in their sailing gear, and... Uh, uh, they're all well. Cleveland and Joe are in sailing gear. Quagmire's is is in a captain's outfit, like Captain and Tennille Captain, like kid love boat, you know, Captain, like Captain Steubens. And um, but it's you know it looks good on Quagmire, obviously. But they're like, you know, you're not gonna go by yourself. We're coming with you, obviously. And he's like, man, I can't. You know, you could die. And he's they're like, look, man, I can remember a time that you saved all of our lives. And we get a cut scene to pulp, uh, to like a Pulp Fiction cutaway, where they're all bent over. There's the guy and the the cop guy, and um, Peter comes in with a sword, just like Bruce Willis, and he cuts him. I didn't see Pulp Fiction until I was like twenty, so I was like like twenty one or something like that, and or twenty two. And so I never got what this cutaway was, which is really funny. It's like one of the only jokes I never got because I just never saw the movie until I was like later on in my life. But it's super funny now that I've seen it. And, uh, and he's like, uh, I, it's too bad I got there after the shot of me, uh, <laughs> which is kind of pointless. But I mean, you know, one, you know, twice as worse than once, I, I would suppose. Um and it's a really great movie. I, I actually really do like uh, Pulp Fiction. That ended up becoming one of my favorite movies. Um, but Lois and Meg from there, uh, they they get arrested and they're in the back of a cop car. And um, Lois ends up talking Meg, uh, you know, into seeing the, the brighter side of things. And they end up escaping and it's a really good scene. And uh, we have a clip of it, and I'm going to play that. But it's, it's a really good scene, and um, it's undercut by the fact that you can't open the backs of cop cars from the inside. But either way. Now, Meg, if you're going to grab a hold of life, you've got to expect to get your hands dirty once in a while. It was kind of cool that people noticed me. That's the spirit, honey. Okay, one, two, three, tuck and roll. Um, and then we see the guys at sea, uh, Peter puts it on like autopilot or something like that. And he goes down to talk to the guys. They start talking about chicks and, uh, Joe's is stupid. He's like, uh, he's like, I, I, I like a, a nice classically handsome woman. And then, uh, Cleveland's is Margaret Thatcher. He's like, Oh, none of you guys find power sexy. Um, Peter says that he wants the three ch uh, knockered chick from Total Recall, and Quagmire's like, you know, one of those is paper shape. He's like, hey, oh yeah, I don't know one of them is paper. I don't care. You know what's wrong with you? And he's like, Quagmire, and Quagmire's like Taylor Hanson, and they're like, Taylor Hanson's a guy, but that's not even the worst part. Which is true. Taylor Hanson is one hundred percent a guy, uh, but that's not even the worst part. Taylor Hanson at the time was like fourteen. Um, which I believe is the worst part about that, but they're like, no, he's, he's a guy, and he's like, you're fucking with me, you're just trying to put one over on old Quagmire, they're like, no, dude, he's just definitely, he's like, but I, I, I've got all these magazines, and, and I've, and I've, oh, oh god, oh god, but, um, I just want to point out that, uh, Taylor Hansen is fucking cool, all the Hansons are fucking cool, they're from right here in Tulsa, 
Um, they uh, have their own brewery and they have a beer and music festival every year called uh, Hop Jams. And they have good bands every year. And uh, I'm to understand their beer is pretty fucking good, actually. And um, Hanson, the band, fucking rocks. And Oombop slaps like a motherfucker. Everyone knows it. Um, I believe they had, like, last year, the year before, they had um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, which is a really funny story. He, he was, like, a dubstep DJ. And then he did, like, way tons of acid, right? And then he became, like, a really good, good folk singer. And um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, get you some of them. They're really good. Um, but... Uh, they start to, to get close to where they need to be. It's called Fish Stench Cove. And um, they know they're getting into to the crazy territory when they pass something from... Uh, it's from Monty Python. I can't remember exactly what it's from. I can't remember if it's from Flying Circus or... I think it is actually from the... No, it's not The Life of Brian. It's from um something else i can't it's for money python but i can't remember what it is but they pass a guy with these crazy uh uh arms he's like i wonder where that fish did go that fishy 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 and um so they keep sailing and they, they're talking like oh i hear dagger mouth eats your whole body i hear he doesn't just eat you he eats your soul and um they and, the, and then peter's like i heard shannon doherty's eyes is crooked because it's trying to get out which is really fucking funny at the point when I was watching it. I forgot that was the line and I cracked the fuck up. Um, no, uh, but after that joke, uh, some crazy shit happens. Daggermouth is there. He's a giant fish and he's sitting in a recliner and he's got like an old flintlock pistol and he just shoots it at them and he hold er, and he's like, it's like, I think it's like a double shooter, but he's like, um, uh, hello gentlemen. Um, and then he, he, he's like, um, yes, I'm quite real and delightfully mad. And he shoots at their feet. And then he's like, oh, will you hold still for 10 minutes? These things take forever to reload. And Joe flips the spear gun at Peter. He's like, Peter, catch. And it hits Peter in the chest and it falls on the crown. And Peter is like, don't throw things at me, Joe, you son of a bitch. I'll fuck you up you paralyzed ass no he doesn't say that last part but uh cleveland's like peter shoot him and so peter fucking spears this thing and instead of just being a giant fish or whatever it explodes into electrical sparks and parts and gears and cogs and it's a robot <laughs> yeah surprise and uh, they're like oh my god and peter's like wow isn't it amazing that that's what we all look like on the inside? Not so fast. Perhaps I could offer you a glass of port and you a glass of starboard. <laughs> that's a little nautical joke. I'm a fish, you see. I'm also delightfully mad. Ah! Oh dear, would you mind holding still for a moment? These antique pistols take about ten minutes to reload. Peter, catch! Ow! Don't throw stuff at me, Joe. Peter, shoot him! Oh yeah, right. My God, isn't it amazing that that's what we all look like on the inside? It's a robot, you idiot. And, and uh, he's like, and then, then a guy comes out and he's like, it's a robot, you idiot. And they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm salty. And they're like, salty? We thought you were killed. And he's like, no, it's Scooby-Doo music might might as well be playing at this point. You know, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? But, um... He's like, you know, I built this, I, it's, it's stupid. He's like, here's the gist of it. He's like, I, um, I did all this, uh, for merchandising, uh, for the thing. I faked my death, all this. I'm going to get him on TV with a, with a cartoon cat. And he's like, he's like, I'm even thinking about getting, I'm talking to Cloding about a cartoon deal. I'm thinking about pairing him with a feminine cat. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, you know, I'd watch that. Seems like a good balance. And um, he's like, and then I'm going to give you $50,000 to not talk about this again. And uh, Peter's like, why? And he's like, 
because um, I don't want you to ruin my shit, first off. And, he's, and then he's like, and the longer we talk, the more people are going to wonder why a fisherman with no engineering background was able to build an electronic fish. And it's like a wink, wink, fourth wall audience break with the audience, I think. Or at least that's how I like, that's how I like picture it. Um, but then from there, we cut to the Megan Lois wrap up in the car. Um, Lois is like, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to live life. And Meg is like, yeah, you're right. And this wasn't so bad. And then it's a car of her friends from high school, or at least like, it's kind to me and all the popular people from school. <clears throat> and Meg is like, oh, look at your fans. And they're chanting for Meg though. And Lois is like, no, that's for you. And so Meg picks her top up and shows them her tits again and the funniest part about it is some guys like hi look one's in an and one's an Audi, and that's just super fucking funny um and so it's a kind of a good wrap-up meg learns to like you know like not sweat so much and um you know learns how to like you know loosen up so that's that's good and the indian Audi thing is really really funny we got to uh a cartoon of dagger mouth and boom boom and uh, I guess Salty managed to get it on TV uh, that day. So good for him. He knows how to move shit along in uh, Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I wish I had that kind of fucking magic. Uh, but Peter and Lois wrap up. They're, Lois is like, huh, I thought the exact situation that happened when I was gone was going to happen. And Peter's like, ah, you worry too much. And they turn out the light and then... Uh, or they're like, good night. And then Peter goes, good night, Abby. And uh, whatever the fuck his name is. I, I can remember that her name is Abby. I can't remember the guy's name. It's whatever. Um, but it's funny. And then uh, as they turn off the light, and then there's a, another raspberry uh, on Peter's tummy. He's like, not now, Abby. And then the credits roll. As weird as this episode is, it ends up working. Um... Because it turns out it's just really funny and it gets Peter into a career that I actually like him and I really like him as a fisherman in this show. Um, he, it is funny when he starts working at the brewery and, um, and stuff like that. But this is like my favorite uh, point, you know, when he works. And then he gets the two Portuguese guys. Um, it's so funny. Um, but th like I said, this is my favorite job that he gets and it's a really weird way to get it, but at in the end of the day it's a it's a good way to get there and we get Seamus to boot uh out of it and he's a really funny character he ends up becoming just kind of like self-deprecating but i think actually like when you look on it most characters on this show end up becoming really self-deprecating in the end um but it's a really 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 good episode i would probably give it a seven and a half out of ten because it's uh, because the really my favorite part of the episode, the most coherent part of the episode is the um, Lois and Meg part. That part's actually really strong. It's got a, a lot of really funny references um, to, to a lot of funny things at the time. CNN actually had spring break coverage, if you can believe it. That's that's actually true. Um, I don't think it's Bernard Shaw, but still. Um, and then the Peter story is just kind of like absurdly funny. And there are really funny jokes in there, like him uh, feuding with Hennessy and uh, stuff like that. Um, but like I said, it's a, it is a really good episode. I really recommend you going to see it. And uh, it's a really good episode for Lois and Meg's relationship. And it's just another episode that shows us that Lois knows how to have fun, you know, isn't, isn't, and isn't just a, 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 a um, you know, a b boring uh, mom who's just like, you know, trying to not have fun at all. It, she ends up being the one that shows Meg how to have fun. So that's a fun dynamic. And, uh, you know, Brian is is there for Peter uh, through thick and thin. Uh, he, he, he talks through uh, everything with Peter all through the episode. Uh, he's, he's his uh, sidekick in this one. And, um, it's, it, like I said, it's a good episode. I've said that a thousand times, so I'll stop saying it. Um, but, uh, if you have anything to say about this episode or any other episode, please send us an email at freaking sweet family pod at gmail.com 
or you can send us a uh, voicemail at anchor.fm slash freaking sweet if you want to put slash messages on there that'll take you directly there if you leave that off it'll take you to our homepage on anchor.fm uh, it's got a few uh, statistics uh, it's got all our episodes on there it's got um, uh, uh, our artwork <laughs> Our cover art. It's uh, and you can send us a message. You can, you can contact us any way you want. Um, <clears throat> uh, next week's episode is going to be a really, really fun episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. It is a crowd favorite. It is a home favorite. It is Emission Impossible. It is the debut of Bertram um, Wallace Shawn's character. Stewie's half-brother, um, when Lois and Peter decide to have a second child, Stewie does everything in his power to make sure that doesn't happen, including shrinking down and going into Peter's body and destroying every last sperm, even though that doesn't make sense. But he meets someone who ends up changing his mind, and that would be Bertram. It's a really, really great episode, and it's a really... I want to say important episode, but is any episode of a cartoon really all that important? Yes. Yes, fucking course it is. No. Um, but it's going to be a really fantastic episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's one of the, I feel like, better episodes of the season. Um, so please check that out. Yeah, please send us a message and subscribe and rate us wherever you can. You can do that pretty much on any uh, uh, podcasting platform that there is so please do and to the people who've been checking us out on overcast what's up to you guys um so like i said please check us out and uh check out our our episode next week check out our election episode not too long ago that was pretty fun those guys are really funny at the over the funny cast and uh send us a message if you feel like it all right so we'll see you next week it's going to be a really good one later bye